right. Welcome to Inside the Distillery with Cultivated Cocktails. I am your host, Leah Howard, and we have a special episode for you today to talk about something that we have been really trying hard to get out and, and released for a long time, and I think we're very excited to finally have achieved our goal. Uh, so this pretty much this whole episode is going to be focusing on our steel horse whiskey that has been infused with honey through a really delicate process that started uh, years ago. So mm. Taylor and Real are here with me as well that were more part of this process that can tell us about what, what how many years ago? Two? It was before COVID. So it was, yeah. it was yeah. that. I think we, we started. We were at Stu Helms uh, Food and that's right. Award. Yeah. And I think oh, that's wow. when we in, the, in the Masonic Temple. Oh, yeah. gosh. Right. 2019 yeah. is when the kind of right. idea was born. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. early 2020 is about yep. when we finally started the collaboration. So, okay. So, three so, at least years. Yeah. yeah. All right. And this collaboration is not just any honey. This is Asheville Bee Charmer honey. So, we have a lot of this in our store downtown. We use it in other um, cocktails, and there's a various amount of you know different ones that you could choose from that are for all different kind of flavors and profiles. My my probably favorite, personal favorite, is probably the hot honey. But um, so so this started a long time ago. This collaboration, and we are just now able to really get it into. Uh, actually, it's been in bottles for a long time. We were just now able to get it labeled and get it out. So the story starts, like we said, in 2019, and we actually are able to hear this uh, direct story. So why don't, why don't you go ahead, give us your intro, give us your background, and and tell us about the the process after we we you know started this in 2019. Sure. So we, uh, I'm Jillian Kelly, uh, one of the owners of Asheville Beach Charmer. Also a beekeeper. So that's how my story began was with what you, Leah and you and I were just talking about, having um, food allergies. So finding out that I had some food allergies and had to, I loved to cook, learned to uh, reduce white refined sugar, which can also be an inf- uh, the create the inflammation process. So a friend of mine who's a chef in Chicago was like, uh, you know, switch to honey or agave she was like you know gave me a basic uh recipe she goes it's hard to like get rid of white sugar completely but here's the process so i started i was like you know what honey is really expensive and i took a beekeeping class fell in love with it and at the garfield conservatory back in chicago where i used to live and two hives turned into five hives that turn it just is a process so uh, our jobs went away in Chicago, and we knew that we loved Asheville. I had some friends here. And one day I said, I want, a friend of mine came over, and when people know you're a beekeeper, they will bring you honey and candles and T-shirts from their travels. And a friend of mine came over to clean carpets, and he was like, man, you have so much bee crap in your house. You could start a store. And I'm like, it's not crap. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God. Like, I could start a store. And I said to my partner, I'm like, we're either going to have a French fry truck with 27 different types of sauces because we had come back from Europe and they have, like, Starbucks are everywhere in Chicago. French fry stations are everywhere in, in like, Amsterdam, right? So she was like, I don't want to be, we'll get divorced. I don't want to be on a, <laughs> on a food truck with you. And my dad was like, I love you. No one's going to buy honey from you go live on an island for two months and sell coconuts out of a shack and come home. 
Um, nine years later, <laughs> my dad is like, uh, you know, and we thought we'll have a little hole in the wall, a little honey bar, have like four different kinds of honey. We'll switch it up. I'll design some T-shirts. I went to the Art Institute of Chicago. So my dad's like, please use your degree. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's like it just happened. And because I love to cook, I started to infuse honey. And that's when I was like, OK, so we'll have here in Western North Carolina, you can make uh, the, the put the bees out on sourwood and wildflower. But we knew that people would get bored with that. So we started to reach out to orchards and uh, crisscross the country to try and find different zones where flowers would grow that aren't going to grow here. So we've met so many beekeepers across this country and created so many wonderful relationships. And that's how we can get like metafoam and fireweed and um, working with orchards where you're going to get blackberry. Hopefully one day you guys will, we can do like a blackberry infusion with you guys' spirits. And um, being able to create different things like this. And so since I cook, I took like mint from my garden, infused that into honey, like using the natural oil from it, you know, like using real products. And the local peppers uh, that we use here that are grown here, uh, we used to cut them up ourselves and put gas masks on and, and the eye goggles and the glasses and everything because <laughs> you just couldn't breathe. Um, so meeting the people that you create a community with, which is that's what whole, this whole thing is in part, right? Like we were all brought together by Stu Helm and as a community, like he's the food guy here. And that's where we all met and you guys approached us and we're like, are you the beach drummer? Like, you know, want to do this project? And we were like, yes. Like, what are, what are we doing? We're just going to say yes. And coming here and meeting you guys and going through this amazing place that you guys have here uh, and figuring out that process. When you dropped off that barrel, <clears throat> we were like, there's still whiskey in it. <laughs> Hopefully you got a little bit uh, and kept it we on the did. side. We for took yourself. a little yeah, yeah, home yeah. with us. Perks there the job. And then we were like, okay, like you gave us that little contraption so we could turn it because we knew we were going to have to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we set trays under, we uh, set these big baking trays underneath it because we knew that we were probably going to have some leakage. And then the contraption that you made that we, because you have to turn it like all the time. Um, and we knew that we were going to have to leave some space in it. Like, we could fit seven five-gallon buckets in it, but then we were, like, as you turn it, you you don't want to take up that whole volume, and you want, there's going to be some expansion in the whole thing as well. So we started to notice, in a very short time, um, leakage. So I started to pour water on top of it. Because I think I called you, and I was just like, is the, is the water going to get in there and dilute it at all? You're like, no, it's just going to swell. Like, that's what we wanted. Yep. So, like, the wood would kind of swell on the outside. There was a couple little cracks, and we were like, let's just take some beeswax and just seal this thing up. Classic old Cooperage trick. It just was your... perfect. It was yep. perfect. And then we would just keep um, – and the first one that we used was clover. And then we emptied that, and we kept bringing you guys little samples. Mm -hmm. And then we trot, we emptied that, and we were like, "It's good, but it could be better." So let's just use local stuff. So we just took all of our wildflower that we had <clears throat> on hand, poured that in there, and there was still whiskey in there. There was still honey in there. So that thing that the barrel that you guys 
that back is layered with like so much honey in it. And we just kept like taste testing it and getting it to that point. And when we emptied it, it was just like this golden color because the whiskey turned it in the char on the inside. Mm -hmm. Everything just kind of came together that melted it into this. I mean, just the way that it looks as well is gorgeous and the way that it tastes. And so then we started, because we have a cookbook, because we cook with honey, we started to take <clears throat> some of your spirits and then also some of um, the hooch honey that we created, and then we started to cook with it. And like with some of your spirits and some of our honey, we'll take them, we'll make simple syrups out of them, oh, wow. and then we cook with those. Oh, that sounds really tasty. And the hooch honey is amazing anyway. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, like and it's flying off the shelf. So we were only making it in twelve ounce jars, um, and then just from the amount of people who travel and having to go through uh, TSA, um, the amount of requests that we've got. So it's been over a year now that we've had this thing out, and it's selling, and it's selling, and it's steady. So the amount of requests that we've got to shrink it down to a three-ounce bottle so people can get it through the airport, we're at that point now. So it's awesome. Yeah, it has been a great seller for us awesome. and a fun project as well. Yeah, I, so the Hootani is definitely amazing, and we got some so we could sell it like side-by-side side with the whiskey when, it, when we released it. But um, I didn't know your background story, which is really cool because uh, – that story just makes it even. I mean, the, the honey was already great. <laughs> no, I just feel like the story makes it even um, more just well relatable to me. You know, like I just think it's a really cool process that you guys went through. Uh, it was. It's. It's not similar to our story in the way that you know how you guys came to be, but similar in the way that we're small businesses that just people taking chances, right? Like, I don't know. We we think we like this. We think we might know what we're doing, and, and we'll give it a go, right? And I think that. I don't know. I think my dad was really rooting for us in, in his corner. And I think Taylor's dad was too. But I think both of them probably were sitting somewhere going, okay, well, yeah. you're not Are they going to sure. be able to pay the rent? <laughs> right. yeah. They still may think that. Happens. Right. Yeah. They yeah. might still think that. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So, so yeah, we, um, so first of all, if you're in Asheville and, and you're listening to this podcast because you've got some interest in, in this kind of thing, just literally steps away from our downtown location currently is the Asheville Beach Armor location. They have you guys have several. You have another mm -hmm. one, um, but so I don't know how often um, Jill and Kim are there. But how often are you, they might see you? I don't know. What we have in the very beginning, as you guys probably know, to start a business, you're in it seven days a week. Like, right? I mean, oh, yeah. just even trying to afford an employee, like you're really. I don't know how many times um, I've driven past my store just exhausted because you're just on the go constantly. Um, eventually, when we were able to begin to hire employees and take some time off, uh, what we started to realize as the business started to grow and expand and we, we started an online business, we what it took to operate the business, <clears throat> we couldn't be in it. Um, and we have incredible employees who have created a wonderful palate to be able to taste 
honey. I mean, you can sit at the, I've had people sit at the bar and we've got like 40 different kinds of honey from all over the world. And I'm like, you're, I, you're just going to wind up, everything's going to taste the same and you're just going to wind up with a sugar high. Like, you know, take your time, drink some water, walk around, come back, whatever. But I've seen people do it. Um, but if you are beginning a business and you have a business plan, it starts out one way, but it looks something completely different as you grow. It has to, right? I mean, you want it to, to change for the better. You keep coming up with great ideas and you, and you uh, set down roots in your community. You become a part of your community. You meet new people to be able to do things with, um, different projects with, and that creates uh, another layer to the job and it's fun. So we had to find uh, the right, we were going out to um, Blue Ridge Food Venture because uh, they have that certified kitchen out there. And um, so just to pour the honey, I needed a, a certified kitchen. And we were heading out there. And it was it was hard. I mean, it was just the, the business was growing, and we were pouring more honey on a daily basis. And so we found a 2,500-square-foot um, warehouse and, you know, had somebody come in and, and help us create a certified kitchen in there where we, whereby we could pour honey in there you know they come by and they check us out which is what we want and uh so that's where i'm at now like i'm in that thing five days a week and kim uh we created an office downstairs she's on the phone all day or on the computer and working with you know the cpa and the bookkeeper and the whole thing like that and like i think it used to be fun um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all and, been there. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns into a job. But I mean, the good thing is, after, like, we've, we're in our ninth year now, and you get more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I, it, it's worth I hope you think it's worth it because we, we want you to keep making the honey because it's really good. Uh, but I think that that's, that's exactly right. That's like the definition of all small uh, businesses that start out that way. You, you start out with a plan and you really. You have to be malleable and flexible. Um, we've had to be flexible during even just this process of making this whiskey. So I know for a fact, well, I remember you guys getting the barrel back. Oh, mm -hmm. it was such an exciting day. It was such that an was so exciting, exciting day. Yeah. I think everybody was stoked. Um, the whole time they had the barrel, all I could think about was like, I know I have to wait, but give back, yeah. give back, give back. You know? yeah. yeah, the patience is killing us. Yeah. Um, but it, it comes back and it's covered in beeswax on the outside. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when you mix moisture with honey? It, it crystallizes. So the inside was just covered in this crystalline stalactite, stalagmite of, of honey. Um, I took a picture and sent it to one of our friends. And oh, I got to see that. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it kind of cool. looks like one of those, like, pictures you see of, like, a crystal cave or something. Underground. <laughs> right. like, yeah. look, yeah, there's, like, stalactites of, like, white crystals of honey popping off the sides. And yeah. it was it not, was like, the inside of any barrel I've ever seen. So, I don't know why yeah. I thought it was going to come back clean. I mean, not totally clean, but I guess I just, in my head, pictured, like, just maybe a a leftover film. Right, and it was not that. Mm -hmm. It was like plenty well, of. And I didn't now know it was layered. I was gonna yeah. say now we know oh, yeah. it was layered, which is even yeah. more like fun to this whole process. So, so we knew it was awesome when we got it back, and immediately you guys went to work on the process, and that was so that would have been it was over two years ago. Yeah, that was probably middle of 
middle late 2021. So did you guys take the barrel apart or did you just immediately just no pour? um so once we got the barrel back from you i guess to kind of continue the the life story of this product here um we knew we wanted to put whiskey in it so we had stockpiled some of our steel horse whiskey um ahead of time um we filled the barrel up did what you do with barrels and set it out here in the barn and kind of left it i think the first one went i would say a little less than six months somewhere yeah, right, right around, around there it. Um, and you know, in, in barrel aging terms, that's very short amount of time. Um, and six months is kind of like when you go for the first checkup and we went and tasted it and it just tasted like liquefied honey. I mean, it was incredibly sweet, very, very rich, absolutely delicious. We knew we had gotten that honey out of the barrel. So we went ahead and, uh, dumped the barrel at that point. Um, and kind of started, sat on that for a little bit. We tasted it a couple times and kind of decided that it was a little too sweet, really. It was kind of tipping towards almost more of a liqueur flavor. Um, we wanted a really strong, prominent honey flavor in this product, but we also wanted it to be a whiskey first and foremost. So um, we did the only logical thing and filled the barrel back up, just like she did, and uh, put another round of whiskey in there. We let this one age. Um, and this one came out kind of on the other side. It was um, a lot of whiskey flavor with a little bit of honey to it, just enough you could tell it was there. Um, we did a little lab test and kind of just on the bench blended a couple different proportions, tried a few things, and decided that just mixing those two batches together came out right where we wanted the flavor. Um, and it actually, in fact, in terms of, you know, all the products we make, this one's kind of one of the simplest. We blended the two barrels together. We put them in a tank. We let it sit in the tank for about six months to kind of let all the solids fall out. Normally with our other products at that point, we'd run them through a filter. Um, but we didn't want to risk by running it through a filter. We'd end up pulling too much out and kind of, you know, neutralizing that flavor we had gotten out of the barrel. So we let it naturally just sit there and clarify. We racked the liquid off the top. And that's all we did to it, really. We didn't add any water. We didn't filter it. Just let it go. That's, that's what I was going to say, to talk about the we didn't add water part, right? So normally our products would be uh, proofed down with a reverse osmosis uh, process there and, and go to whatever it might be, 80, 90 proof. So a lot of times people think whiskey and they think honey and they get a, a sweet easy to drink and this is really easy to drink but that's that's not really the point here um almost liqueur right and then you mentioned so so just talk about that process and what that means yeah um so normally with a spirit yeah you do what's called a proofing down you age things at a higher concentration a higher proof than you would want to drink them at normally it kind of helps extract the flavors out of the barrel and things like that um and then once it comes out you add a little bit of water to adjust it to the final drinking strength you want it at um with this one actually we we tasted it and you know once we had that blend and we tasted the blend together um i think all of us here in production were kind of just like that's it that's it right there we don't need to touch that anymore that's that's kind of perfect we thought the proof was much lower than yeah it we was. and we kind of went around we're like what do you think the proof is 80 70 75 which is you know Higher than a liqueur, about norm. That's normal liquor strength, like a vodka or a gin or a rum or something. Are usually in that range. So, um, anytime you add sugar into a spirit, it kind of throws off how you check the proof. Our normal um, equipment we use to check the alcohol content doesn't 
can't adjust for how the sugar changes up the density of the liquid. So we sent it off to a lab um, that has some specialized equipment to check that for us. And that's a, you know, a couple week turnaround. So we send the sample off. We're kind of sitting, waiting. And uh, Taylor got the email back and forwarded it to me. And it was 107 and a half proof. So all of our, uh, all of our practice and all of our carefully honed, you know, smelling things and guessing the proof, which is, which is a skill most distillers, you know, kind of pride themselves on, um, was totally out the window. We were all like more than 20% wrong. So honey mellowed it out. It mellowed it out so much. And I, I would challenge anybody who drinks this if I didn't tell you it was 107 and a half proof and you haven't heard me say it on this podcast. Um, I don't think anyone so could think, guess that. Well, yeah. <laughs> My mom called me y- yesterday. Yeah, I think, l- last night. Last night and goes, Hey, do you still have any honey whiskey left? I was like, Yeah, <laughs> we got 100 bottles or something left. And she said, Well, I need some. I'm, I'm taking a shot. Well, I'm not taking a shot. I'm sipping on it every night. And then, <laughs> Sipping on it straight. Yeah, you don't sip on anything <laughs> straight. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so she sips on this straight. But exactly. I, I want to go back to that barrel for just that. We didn't normally we would swell that barrel, mm-hmm. check it, fill it with water, hot water, steam it, something to make sure it's not gonna leak. But we did not want to lose any of this honey at all. Yeah. So we put it in an IBC tote. We cut the top out of the IBC tote, yeah. set it down in the IBC tote, filled it up immediately with already aged honey. Uh, uh, excuse me, aged whiskey, um, and then. Everything that just kind of ran out until it swelled up, we would just oh, take the cup, drain the tote, put it back in the top of the barrel. Just I, I don't, about I don't know how yeah. long we did that, but it finally, it finally swelled up because we didn't want to lose any of that flavor. Yeah, we skipped all the steaming and everything we would normally do to treat the barrel. Cause, and that's really been kind of the story of this product in a lot of ways are just protecting that honey flavor. Like It was so good out of the gate that Sometimes, you know, you're trying to make something happen, and sometimes it's already happened, and you're just trying hard to make sure you don't screw it up from here, you know? Just, yeah. just really keep that going. It was an experiment for both of us. It yeah. really was, yeah. Um, and it it's kind of interesting. This product is something I don't really know a lot of good, comparable examples. There are plenty of, quote, honey whiskeys in the market. Those definitely exist. Um, but they're more of a, a liqueur blended yeah. with a whiskey. Okay. And yeah. We, we didn't do that. And the t- it blew the TTB's mind, kind of. We we couldn't get it quite. That was our labeling what, issue. Yeah, we couldn't get the the label approval through the Tax and Trade Bureau because we kept it so simple that it almost didn't register. You know what I mean? They weren't. They couldn't quite understand how simple we had kept it. And uh, I think that's really what I love about this product is it's not a fancy trick. It's not some crazy clever thing that we thought of. It really is just a simple process simple idea give your local honey maker a barrel let them do their thing with it take it back put some liquid in it that's pretty you much had all called me up one day and you were like come on by tomorrow morning about 9 30 and we're gonna let you sample it i come rolling out of the gym dehydrated i can hear it like <laughs> 9 30 in the morning you're like this is the first poll this is the second poll and this is what we think the final product is i'm just sitting here out of these little cups that we're drinking out of right now and i'm just knocking this stuff back all of a sudden, I realized, I mean, man, I've had no food. <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking 107 and a half whiskey. Yeah. yeah. This is like the story of, of being a distillery, honestly. Like, they'll call me sometimes and be like, oh, come taste this. And I'm like, it is 10 a.m. Like, uh, sure. All right. See, uh, I guess what you don't that. know is I usually, if I have to do tasting, won't drink my coffee in the morning. So you don't blow your palate right, out right. before you do your tasting, which means like at 930, it's like, all right, hurry up. I need some coffee. Oh, come on. Like, <laughs> That's I, got things, why. I got things to do today and I need to drink this cup of coffee. Let's <laughs> yeah. get this tasting through. You kind of sneak in there and don't even try it till after everybody else tried it. Anyway. I do. Yeah, yeah. I usually like to let everybody else 
yeah. try it, give but, their opinions. Well, why don't you go ahead and try it, it now? And yeah, you can sure. tell, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, usually when you sip on a spirit, you, you kind of smell it first, hold it in your mouth, and, you know, get a feel for it. Uh, again, 107, right? But but not a 107 that it hurts or burns. Now, I will tell you, there may or may not be a bartender across the street from our downtown location that would disagree with. Uh, well, I, I didn't preface to him what the proof was, and I caught him off guard. Uh, okay. <laughs> They're used funny, to the but, 60 proof honey. Right, exactly. Whiskey. He was very, yeah. that's what he thought it was coming, and I was like, I'm so sorry. But, um, you know, I'm not trying to. It's still hot. I mean, it's 107. It's, it's but... hot, but it's not crazy. Um what do you guys get? What do you, what do you feel? The honey's there. Yeah, absolutely. I taste it. It's not overpowering. As you get the whiskey. It's it a, is smooth. It doesn't oh. burn the back of my throat at all. You get it on your tongue. It burns mm-hmm. the tongue a little bit. Yeah. The thing I, I really enjoy about this is that honey just adds a, a mouthfeel to it. Like, it doesn't really thicken the liquid a lot, but it really changes how the flavor sits in your mouth. When you take a sip of this, you're still chewing on that flavor 20 minutes. It just kind of coats and stays with you in a way that, you know, normally a hundred seven and a half proof whiskey, that's going to flash off in your mouth. You're going to taste it. It's going to be really intense for a few seconds, and then it's going to fade really quickly. Whereas this, you know, well, you can just keep that honey flavor, that richness just stays with you in a way that I really, really It's enjoy. rich. That's yeah. a great yeah. word for it. Yeah, rich is a great word because it definitely gives you a, a full-bodied mouthfeel, richness. It's It's... Definitely doesn't need to be mixed, in my opinion. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't make this into a cocktail just out of the sheer fact that you don't want to mask it. Um, this is going to sound crazy, but and I don't even think I've told Taylor this, but every time I drink this, I feel like I need, I want to, I don't know how to do this because I'm not this talented, but I want to make a rendition of like, Basically Winnie the Pooh, but opening like his <laughs> liquor cabinet instead of his honey. Like, that's how. That's where I feel like this lives, right? Yeah. Because Bee Charmer honey right, right inside right. that golden <laughs> case. The, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's just because I picture it's warm and cozy to me, and I grew up watching Winnie the Pooh, right? And mm. I'm like, oh, warm and cozy, and all the honey, but like also adult style, and and it's so good and comforting, and I'm. I personally am a big fan of just, so Taylor makes me buy, oh, well, doesn't make me, but if I want to drink a a full bottle of any of our specialty release products. This is only because she would drink it all so fast and not leave any for anybody. (laughs) I mean, whatever. Anyway, (laughs) isn't that what it's made for? Just to be fair, like we make it to drink it. So I have to buy, I thought I used to have to buy a bottle to drink and a bottle to, to save. But then Taylor said, no, you, you got to leave some in the drinking bottle so we can compare that with other things. So we have one bottle we don't ever open, and we have one bottle that we drink but, like, not all of. And so now I buy three so I can have That's one right. that I actually drink all of, and then we have one that we can use to compare, and then we have the one that we don't open. So, so far, you know, we only have two of these. No, there's three, I think. No. Okay, okay. But I feel like I'm going to have to I only have two hoochonies. i got to get another hoochonie. I, I have three, and my son has two. Because that's when he, he okay. said, will you ask them if I can like leave one in a bottle for 30 years? That's right. Yep. You can absolutely leave it in the bottle. I mean, if you if you don't open it, then you won't be tempted, right? Totally leave it in the bottle for for 30 years or, or however long. And um, that was kind of a, a thing we were talking about right before this was if you do that, or even not even that long, Um, We did put a little thing on it that says shake the whiskey, right? Because this is real honey, and it is is 
potentially going to cause like a cloudy crystalline mm-hmm. situation in the bottle. Uh, and that's just because it is real and, it, and we don't use whatever it might be that you can use in it to keep that from happening. I don't know how many people have honey in their pantry. We have it all the time and it will crystallize if it gets wet, like to the same that, with the Well, cr- real honey will crystallize. Tupelo and acacia won't because of the fructose to glucose okay. ratio that is made oh, differently. But yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, the, there might be like a cloudiness to your 30-year-old Just in the bottom, bottle, maybe a little bit. Bottom, Shake it up. It's natural. Yeah. Natural settling may occur. So, that, that would be where that's coming from. But And in th- this particular product is uh, still available, but probably won't be. So... I don't know. What's Over half of it's gone. Yeah. We put out about 200, just shy of 250 bottles to begin with. And I think we're down. We released it, what's that, about three weeks ago, something like that, give or take. Um, we released yeah. it in the last month. And at this point, we're down to 130 bottles or so left yeah. um, in stock. So it's it's moving pretty well. Um, and, and it's a premium product, too. So it's, it's not expected just to fly off the shelves. Uh, but it's moving faster than we thought it would mm-hmm. to kick off to our little collector's edition series. And Yeah, I want to do more more honey things for sure. This particular one is um, my favorite we've ever done, hands down. I, I love our products. I love our gin a lot. But 100%, like if you had to ask me, like, what's your favorite? Well, I don't know. There was that one time. Oh, the birch. Yes. Uh-oh. I go back yeah. to it. We got some birch. They distilled it just to see what would happen, and, and it was amazing. Birch he, sap syrup. Yeah. yeah. He, he mm. refuses to, to go back to that. But Expensive. It's maybe expensive. one day. It would probably be it cheaper to be... buy, like, enough honey to ferment and distill. It would probably be less yeah. expensive. Honey shower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, that one's pretty prohibitively make a, expensive, unfortunately. mead and distill it. Um, just talking about that the other day with somebody at AB Tech. Um I've had a dist- I've had one before that was a white white liquor that was a distilled mead. It was delicious. Um, it just doesn't really. One of the things that can be kind of hard for folks sometimes, and the birch one is actually kind of an exception. Like fermented apple cider doesn't taste like eating an apple. You know, by the time you mash something and juice it and ferment it and go through all that, you kind of end up with a different set of flavors. Mead doesn't taste like honey. You know. Um, See, I get a little honey. I can't. I love you. Can't. Yeah, you like meat a lot more than I do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But yeah, so that's that's kind of the the trick with doing things like that. Like making a honey spear would be delicious, but it doesn't necessarily. It's expensive. It's gonna taste like honey on the other end. You know. I looked at early on. We looked at buying a tote Mm -hmm. uh, back in twenty thirteen. Like, oh, let's buy a tote of honey and distill that. That's expensive. Yeah. You're talking to the expert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She would know better yeah. than me. Beekeeping is expensive. Trying yeah, to keep bees alive is expensive. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a lot of work. We had a, an employee here at our construction site, and he had a hundred hives at his house, and he's all the time, or anytime there was a a hive on the job site up in a wild one, he'd go try to catch it. He'd take off work. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm gonna <laughs> go get the bees. But uh, speaking of mead. Are you doing mead? We aren't. We thought when we expanded um, from Battery Park uh, store is small. That's one of the, that's like the original store was on Haywood Avenue in West Asheville. Um, and then uh, the four months into owning that, uh, this space became available. And <clears throat> we knew we wanted to have a downtown presence. So we moved into that. 
And when our lease was up on Haywood, we closed it. We were like, let's just have one store. It's easier. We'll have a life. And <laughs> didn't last that go. Famous last words. And then um, it it could get crowded quick, and we were afraid that we were going to exceed the fire code. Um, so we. The, when the space became available on Broadway, uh, it's like 1,500 square feet. We we're like, this That's is awesome. great. Yeah, we can expand the honey bar. We can bring in more honey uh, and and more beefing products, whatever. So um, <clears throat> we wanted upstairs. There's an upstairs right. to the Broadway store. So we were originally going to have, uh, not that we were going to make mead. I don't ever want to make alcohol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just look at what you guys are doing, and I'm, I'm amazed. It's like chemistry uh and so we thought we would buy mead from there's so much here in north carolina oh, yeah. alone that we mm -hmm. would just we got an alcohol license we went through all of that and uh and then COVID hit and we you know did the shutdown like everybody and then we thought you know upstairs was so small that we didn't think that people would even want to be that close to each other or whatever yeah. so we were like well we'll yeah, wait you know things yeah. will kind of get better um and, you, you know, there's so many great places in Asheville that you can go and drink. Um, and you go there to drink. And we were like, people, you know, like, are you going to come here during the day and taste mead and, and then walk around? Like, a jar of honey is heavy. We, a lot of times people come in and they'll like, can I keep it here? And then at the end of the day, and they would walk into the parking lot, can I pick it up? Yeah, that's fine. So we were just like buying a bottle of alcohol, buying a pot of, of honey, and then carrying around that glass um, all day long. We were just talking ourselves out of it. And we were like, it's just one more thing mm -hmm. that we didn't want to have to do. And so we stepped back from it. Um, and I know that there's places here in town that, you know, sell mead and... Uh, we were like, let's let them do it. Let's stay in our lane. And uh, things kind of got shaken up in, like, you know, 2019, 2020. Yeah. And we were yeah. like, let's just survive this and stay open. Like, yeah. We want our business to survive. So we just stuck with our original business model. Yeah. Well, I mean, and... Something to do that, too. There is something to that. And it's smart to make those decisions, like, occasionally just to say, like, this is, this is where we have to be. I would 100% support the meat bar. Personally, but um, yeah, I love, I love <laughs> so mead. I don't like beer. I don't like wine, really. But mead. Yeah. But maybe liquor. we can figure that out on our end. Uh, you went through. You went through the hard process getting the license. I mean, mm -hmm. you went through the a lot. a lot to get that. So that's not something in North Carolina that you just go. I'll do that tomorrow. And, and yeah. right, like it's that a is a process for sure. So. Um, but we appreciate the honey in, in general. There's multiple things in, in our pantry of it. And use it downtown and our cocktails and, of course, in this. And I would love to see um, I'd love to see what a blackberry honey whiskey tasted like. I'm not. There's so much more room for collaboration between the two companies. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, anytime you guys want to just come to the honey tasting bar and then just let's just taste honey and then you guys have the palate for this uh and the creativity to be able to create these things like we've got the honey like we did uh <coughs> it was on the, the food tour, food tour. Yeah. yeah for our company christmas party we went uh, the new location know, like 2019 okay on broadway yeah. um I and new, i remember having a, a kind of interesting experience there 
and just sort of, you know, to kind of relate the two businesses a little bit. It's so easy, and I hear this all the time, you know, I don't like spirit. I don't like gin. I don't like whiskey. I don't, you know, you hear that all the time when you're tasting Insert with people whatever and you had a bad Insert experience. Whatever, with. yeah. <laughs> whatever your bad experience in college was. Um, and I always kind of, you know, caution people like, there's so much variety out there. Like, you may have tried one whiskey you don't like, but there's so many different flavors and things like that. And it's not that I hear people don't like honey often, but I really enjoyed having the place and the opportunity to sit down and say, oh, I prefer this type mm-hmm. of honey to that type of honey. Like, I like honey, you know, and you like what comes in the bear and what you, whatever, but to be able to try real honeys and have them separated out by type, by varietal, and be able to kind of actually get that chance to pick and choose and say, no, 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 I really prefer this type of honey was um, just a really cool experience, and I, I haven't had that anywhere else. I really enjoyed <clears throat> when that. When you get to taste um, honey from flowers just in a field, and then you taste honey that is bees pollinating an orchard, fruit, blackberry, raspberries, cranberries. You taste that, and then you taste uh, a tree, like a sourwood that blooms. Uh, And having that experience of being able to taste something side by side and from different regions is when we get people in there who will say, "Eh, I'm not big, you know, I'm here with my family, I'm not a big honey fan. And then one of the family members will be like, no, like you just... Like, try this metaphor, it tastes like toasted marshmallows and vanilla. And the person's like, oh man, you know, it actually does. Like, you know, and then you, they're like, this is cranberry. Like, when you let the sugar fall, when you taste honey, you should really hold your breath, pinch your nose, put it on your tongue, and then let the sugar fall to the side. And then let go of your nose and go, like, breathe in. And that's when you truly taste flowers. What about, can we do that with the, the liquor? Like, can we? I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. That actually can, doesn't sound too different. I mean, we breathe right. out our mouth. We breathe but out yeah. the mouth. Yeah, and, can, yeah. You know, and it doesn't sound too different yeah. as to what you're saying either. Is when we kind of go through our process and be like, okay, this blend versus this blend versus this blend. I mean, so honestly, what probably makes this whiskey really good is the fact that we care. You guys care about what you're doing. You're you knowledgeable. You're aware of the situation, and, and you're not just throwing it together. And and we're doing the same thing here, right? I know how many times you messaged me. I was like, "Is it out yet?" And I'm like, "I'm so sorry." Like, are we are yeah. trying. Like, it was. It's. I want everything to be out before it is. I'm the person that's like knocking on their door, going. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. And they're, you know, on production side going, we're not ready yet. And I feel like a, the take it up with the DTB. I don't know what to tell you. I, well, yeah. there's times, the right. There's times yeah. it's a, you it's call a the government, government thing. And, and when Real's like, well, we've, we, this is the final product. And I'm like, all right, like, let's go. Right. And then yeah. it was like, we was just like, well, we're waiting on the label. And we're waiting on the label. No, we still don't have the label yet. And I was just like, God, like we can knock out a label like in a week and a half. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. what are they doing? Well, so, well, so the, part it wasn't all the TTB. No. In this case, we had a designer that designed a lot of our bottles, uh, our labels, and um, he went MIA, uh, paid him for two of them, ouch. Um, and then went MIA. Uh, and I got like a little sample, nothing remotely worth. Mm. It was just a mock up of a different label that we already have. Uh, so Kept trying to give him a chance, trying to give him a chance. And then we reached back out to uh, Zach, one of the guys that used to work here for us, who helped create several labels. And now he's doing all of our labels. Um, 
and uh, got him to go through. But then it was a long, drawn-out process with DTP. Back and forth. Six yeah, but months. so worth it. I mean, the, the label itself is gorgeous. The label is really cool. And actually, kind of what stems the like whole like Winnie the Pooh thing for me, too, because the... So it's our still horse label, so it's the motorcycle, but then the front tire is like in the honey, like as it, yeah, like I love it, that. Like it's got like a little honey pot <laughs> dripped underneath it or whatever. And I'm always like, oh god, that looks, looks like the honey coming out of the pot and poo bear. It's uh, it's gorgeous. And we went back and forth with the the background being honeycombed. Uh, some he sent us one that had like. Some of the combs were filled right. with a yellow, and then uh, we ended up going with this one that wasn't. Um, you was, still see it, though. You can still see it. It's got like that little yellow highlight, yellow touches that, that make it just slightly different, and um, he, he did a great job with it, and he did it He did it impressed. I mean, he wasn't pressed for time. We weren't like, we've got to get this out, but at the same time, we were like, this is real bottled this. We talked about this the other day, right? One year. One year. Almost to the day. It was in bottles <laughs> before we actually, like... We're waiting on this label. Labeled it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was just sitting in these bottles, and I'm like, how can we sell... Do, can, we, can, we, can we sell it unlabeled? <laughs> like, what, what, what can we do with this? But I'm glad we waited, and I'm glad we got it figured out, because it, it was well worth it. And now we kind of have this rendition where, you know, if we do a Blackberry one, we might just change the color scheme or, or something like that on it and, and just continue on. So it won't be quite as as shiny as a process, but yeah, yeah. It, went, well, it did feel like it was forever. And now that we know how your future plans are, we can slap your logo on there now that you're not going to be making mead and serving mead. No, nope. we can put that Asheville Beach Armor logo well, right you. there, right, yeah. on, right there on it. That we we have perfect. to be careful and walk that line with other alcohol retailers. But, oh sure, absolutely. Um, now that we know that going forward. Yeah, that'd no, be just great. Having two stores and warehouses is enough, and no you know, yeah. able to enjoy life. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what you're a business owner for, right? You want to be able to enjoy what you do, your passion, and at the same time, it, it, it have other passions. Like so many great places to go hike here. Yeah, uh, and and you know, like why wouldn't you want to get out on a weekend and? Oh yeah, yeah, just go. Just yeah. do, and it is difficult. When we you, don't do that enough. We don't. We don't do it enough. We um, we should be doing it more, but we, in the meantime, I mean, we're getting there. I think we're we're probably. Real's doing it, but he's just working, doing it at his brother's farm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just kind of like floating it in. I can get farm work. Yeah. Get blurry sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've got chickens in our sunroom right now. Does that count? Like, <laughs> you know, we're we're doing all the things at one time. But, um, yeah, I think this this whole situation is it's. I mean, I don't. This isn't meant to be a pun, but it is a sweet little story. Like it's a, yeah. it's a nice um, collaboration. It worked out really well. Very fortunate. Very fortunate. And and Stu Helm was mentioned twice in, in this situation. <laughs> yeah, we need, tag, that. we need to tag him in this. Right? And we <laughs> should. We should. And um, Stu is not a drinker. He is completely sober. For a at, while. For for a long time. Yeah, um, but he still knows what's good. And he still knows, <clears throat> you know, his taste buds are probably better now than they've ever been. But um, <clears throat> I, would, I was going to say, like, I'd love to give Stu a bottle. But I guess that doesn't. I think I think he uh, has a partner that would probably really enjoy yeah. the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> when 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 we did the second pull out of the barrel, um, there's like three other infusions that I'm working on, 
and not with not with uh, alcohol. And uh, so I brought him some of those samples, and I said, I'm also working with cultivated cocktails. I said, and this is, uh, I labeled them all, and when I came back, I'm like, you know, just be honest with me. I said, I, you know, respect your opinion. And he was like, man, he goes, I don't drink. He, but he did give his partner, um, yeah. and he, she gave it the thumbs up. I'm like, okay, it's ready. Yeah, and Good. she has a like a little like drink. Uh, she does like cocktails and, and showcases mm-hmm. them and stuff. So she, well, I didn't know. She's, that. Yeah, okay. so she's um, good at that anyway, and so that was probably the right person yep. to, to do that. <laughs> so that's perfect. But um, I think I think it's called Dawn Drinks. Okay. Or drinks with Dawn, maybe drinks one, with, one Dawn, one drinks with Dawn. Okay. So um, yeah, that sounds more right than Dawn Drinks. So um, but that that together they make a great team, um, and they have then brought us together, which is kind of just really the spirit of Asheville, honestly, like this is where we are and, and we grew up here. Um, so we love to see these things come to fruition where people come and, and really understand what it's like to be in Asheville and, and join together and, and make something fun and really awesome yeah, happen. Sense of community is great here. Yeah. So we really appreciate your patience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly That's, your patience. And, and thanks for coming and doing this as well. Thanks yeah. for asking me. I've had a ball. Yeah, we we. we and thanks for the whiskey. This is oops. This is delicious. We can we can fix that. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we've got um, our whiskey here, and we are gonna we're gonna take our time and enjoy it. That's a good call. We should just enjoy the moment and the time. And uh, so this was a little bit more of an interesting episode as we talked about collaborations and one product. Uh, not so much the history of the distillery, just the product itself, which is delicious and stands on its own. So I think this was right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys have anything to add? I think we're good. Awesome. All right. Well, if you haven't visited us in Asheville, you absolutely should. Um, We are here and we are uh, looking forward to not only hearing about your experience that you had when you go to Asheville Beach Harbor and taste their stuff after then before you come to us. But uh, if you don't get it there, then we have some downtown also and we love (laughs) it. So we'll be happy to share. All right. Enjoy. Cheers. Until next time.